The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to a Pawn Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode, our first episode, I should say, of... Well, training camp episode of Upon Further Review, sponsored by Coors Light. Whatever. It's camp. We are back into the mix. The energy is high. It is awesome to be back actually talking about what guys are doing on the field in a real setting instead of, with no disrespect, to OTAs and mandatory minicamp, et cetera, et cetera. We are fully back. The marathon is officially in motion. We are doing this thing for real, and I cannot wait. I can't wait, man. This is uh, this is what we do. This is what we wait all offseason for. Yes, I love the combine. Yes, I love the draft. But this is the real meat and potatoes of the season. And this is the, uh, again, this is the best part of our year. So thank you for hanging out with us. It is, uh, it is a pleasure to be with you again. And we're coming, in, uh, we're coming in strong. We are kicking off training camp in a big way, our first episode of Upon Further Review. In just a few minutes, we are going to welcome in our new pal, O.J. Howard uh, into the mix here, who was great, by the way. First chance getting to meet O.J., and incredible storyteller, some real fun tidbits, uh, and a dude that I think after this conversation, I hope at least you will find yourself rooting for for the rest of 2023. But, man, we begin, as we must always begin, especially this time of the year, with our transactions brought to you by Shift4 Payments. No shortage of transactions this week, my friends. And as I was telling Ray just a second ago, this is what happens when you are at this time of the year, when the roster is a living, breathing creature. We got a lot. Make sure you're sitting down. Here we go. On July 21st, the Las Vegas Raiders placed defensive end Tyree Wilson on the non-football injury list, as well as Byron Young on the physically unable to perform list. More on that in just a second. A few days later on 724, the Las Vegas Raiders signed cornerback Marcus Peters and Isaac Rochelle. More on that in just a minute. The next day on July 25th, the Raiders re-signed defensive tackle Kyle Pico and waived quarterback Chase Garbers and cornerback Ike Brown. And then on 7:26, they placed defensive tackle Neil excuse me, defensive tackle Neil Farrell Jr., that is a tough one, on the non-football injury list. And then yesterday, as we record this on a Friday afternoon, the Las Vegas Raiders signed, guess who? Cornerback Ike Brown and waived injured corner, excuse me, quarterback, cornerback, my apologies, Jordan Perryman. A lot. We had a lot going on on the roster this week. So let's just dive in real quick before we actually talk about what we saw on the field because that is what we all want to talk about. A few top-end notes, Tyree Wilson, non-football injury list, what we have heard from Coach McDaniels, what we have heard from the collective, uh, nothing too concerning in that, in that vein, just Tyree getting a little, uh, needing a little extra time to get ready to go do his thing for real. 
Marcus Peters, yes, your newest cornerback for the Las Vegas Raiders. An exciting addition. Uh, Jesse Merrick and I talked about this on the Raiders Training Camp podcast, shameless plug alert, earlier this week. And, and really with Marcus Peters, what he adds is not only a veteran presence in a defensive back room that is going to be really, really interesting to watch over the next four, five, six weeks, but what he adds is a dude who has made his money, who has made a career of forcing turnovers. And if you look, strictly speaking off the numbers, At this Raiders defense, the past handful of years, that is one area they have struggled is taking the ball away from the opposing quarterback. Well, Marcus Peters, that's what he does. That is his deal. That is his bag. He takes away the uh, he takes away the football. He forces turnovers. And a dude that and we've we've talked about this a lot. A guy who kind of feels or felt, I should say, destined to ultimately wear the silver and black. An Oakland guy, a dude who made it no, uh, made no excuse me, made no uh, secret about his affinity for this organization. A dude who grew up rooting on the Raiders when they were back in Oakland. Uh, so many connections. We look at you know, Mar- excuse me, cousins with Marshawn Lynch shares an agent with Max Crosby. I mean, there are so many different kind of tentacles that it feels like Marcus Peters was connected to this organization before him ultimately signing. Excuse me, signing here. So very, very excited to see him in the mix, especially as we get further and further along in camp to see what he really can do once the pads come on and, uh, and intensity ratchets up just a little bit more. And then finally, and I should say, you know, I wouldn't say most importantly, but very important is as we were going through those transactions there, there was one name that did not come up when I was reading off the dozen names of our transactions this week. And that name was Jimmy Garoppolo, right? We have talked and talked and talked a lot, and we have heard the chatter. Oh, is Jimmy going to be ready to go? What's the situation with Jimmy? We didn't see him for the offseason program. What's going on? Is he going to be okay? And I'll tell you this. When this team ran out for the first practice of training camp, guess who was out there wearing the red quarterback jersey, number 10? Jimmy Garoppolo was. Now, to be fair, uh, as we record this on a Friday today, a scheduled day off for Jimmy. So as all of you who were uh, scanning the Twitter Twitter sphere and all over social media, you probably see, hey, Jimmy's not out there. Jimmy's not out there. And if you kept reading a little longer, you would see that it was a scheduled day off. Nothing to worry about. Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell handle uh, handle business today in Jimmy's absence. And I would expect that we would see him back on the field doing his thing in very short order. But we talk about guys who were not there today in Jimmy. I really want to focus at least for kind of this intermediate, excuse me, intermediate period before we get to our conversation with OJ Howard about the guys who were, guys who have really impressed me in the early goings of camp. And yes, I feel like I have to give the caveat of we're three days into this thing. No one's wearing pads. It's, it's, it really does kind of feel like a ramp-up period. Today is Friday. Wednesday's practice was about 90 minutes. We went a little bit longer yesterday on a Thursday, and then a little bit longer again today. And it really feels like we are getting into the, uh, into the swing of things. But a few guys that have really impressed me in the early goings, I, I think the number one guy in terms of how many times I've written his name down, or number, I should say, in my notebook, uh, is Divine Diablo. We've talked about Divine a lot. We knew coming into this year, this is a big season for the uh, the Raiders linebacker. A lot of questions, waiting to see answers of what is Divine going to do? What is his role in this defense going to be? How is he going to respond in year two in the Patrick Graham's, Graham system? And again, we're three days into it, but... All the same, I feel like Divine has been very active around the football, particularly in pass coverage, getting his hands uh, on a handful of passes. A dude that, you know, and it's this is kind of my, my barometer when the guys aren't wearing pads. 
do you just see him around the ball a lot? Right? No one's tackling the third day of camp. Guys aren't going to the ground. We haven't heard a thud yet. But specifically with the guys on the defensive side of the football, do you just see them around? Are they active? Are they where they're supposed to be? And Divine Diablo has very much been that. So I'm excited to see him progress through camp. I'm excited to kind of see how he takes advantage of this opportunity you know, over the next three, four weeks, join practices in the preseason. And then ultimately, by the time we get to week one, what that role kind of looks like. Because we've talked about it a lot. We've discussed this. Even if Divine is not the one wearing the green dot come week one, he's going to have a defensive role on this team. He is going to be on the football field. There is going to be expectation for him. He is going to have to contribute in some way, shape, or form. And really, over the next month and a half, excuse me, month and a half, It'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of what that role ultimately ends up being. But shifting to the offensive side of the football, I'll give you a kind of obvious answer, and then I'll give you a, oh, okay, maybe there's a little intrigue in this answer. Obvious answer, Devontae Adams looks like Devontae Adams, right? No shocker here. No need to play the breaking news music. No need to raise an eyebrow. Devontae Adams is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. And guess what? He looks like arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. So let us all relax. Uh, Really, in terms of Devontae, you know, we heard from him talk. uh, When did he talk? I think Wednesday, either Wednesday or Thursday. But really, for me, I think the most interesting thing that he said during his media session, someone asked him, he said, hey, Devontae, what are your goals? Are are they number-based? Do you have a certain amount of catches or targets or whatever it is that you want to hit? And he said, no. He goes, at this point, my goals are, one, team-based goals. But I just want to get a little bit better at this. And he said, if I can get, you know, a little bit better about coming out of a route, or if I can do a little, be a little bit better at disguising my footwork in this situation or whatever it may be, he goes, that's what my goals are. And I think it's so interesting because a guy like him, a guy who has accomplished on an individual setting, pretty much everything that a wide receiver can in the NFL, a guy who came into Las Vegas in year one, essentially tore up the record book as far as wide receivers goes and said, I'm just going to insert my name. I'm going to write my name in Sharpie in all these different areas. So to hear a guy like that say, you know what? Yes, team first guy, obvious, but I, I want to get a little bit better in the minutia of my craft. I think that just speaks to the kind of player he is, the reason that, as I said, he is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. And I have a feeling when all is said and done, uh, he's a guy that we're going to look back and say, not only was he one of the greatest wide receivers in the NFL when he was at the peak of his powers, historically speaking, statistically speaking, one of the one of the best to ever not only wear the silver and black, but probably put on a pair of pads and, uh, and do this in the NFL uh, overall. So, like I said, Devontae doing Devontae things, check it off. The other group of, of folks that I've been really pleasant, I wouldn't say pleasantly surprised by, but that I have been heartened by watching them play is the offensive line, right? You know, we come into this year, we come into 2023, and actually let me, let me go back to 2022. A year ago this time, and I mean this with all due respect, we had a lot of questions about the big boys up front, a lot of questions. And give those guys credit because they figured it out. They became a cohesive group by the end of the year. And really, by November, December, January, I think playing a pretty darn good brand of football. We now shift ahead to 2023. The same faces are there. Yes, we're going to have some new faces in the mix. Yes, where I think Thayer Munford is a guy that I'm really curious to see what that role looks like this season. But by and large, the same nucleus of that group. But now we come in. And people are saying how quickly the narrative changes, right? Like, oh, okay, 
So the offensive line kind of feels like they have it figured out. Well, what are they going to be now? Are they going to be an above-average group? Are they really going to be the catalyst for what we want this offense to be? And again, huge caveat, it's three days in. We have not seen a single rep with pads on. I've been really pleased by what the offensive line has brought to the table. Now, will we get another more illuminating picture of them in a few days' time when pads come on? Absolutely, 100%. But again, early impressions, I like what we have seen from the offensive line. Now, for this group in general, preseason, going to be huge. Joint practices, going to be huge. But a good start. And really, I feel like that's kind of the thesis of these first three practices for your Las Vegas Raiders. It's been a good start. It has looked how it's supposed to look. Now, certainly there have been moments where you want it to be a little crisper. The ball was on the, excuse me, the football was on the ground, probably a little more than Josh McDaniels would have liked it to have been today. It wasn't a 100 out of 100 execution day, as to be expected when you're in the first bit of training camp here. But all the same, it looks like it's supposed to look. You feel like this team is trending in the right direction, and they're doing what they're supposed to do the first week of training camp. And now, insert sports cliche here, it's stacking days, it's brick by brick, it's whatever you want to call it. That's the mode that we are in. That's the mode that we are going to remain in for the next five, six weeks. Another guy who is stacking good days, who's putting it together, who's brick by brick in, whatever we want to call it, O.J. Howard. And O.J. is, and we talked about this a little bit coming up, but O.J. is is now one of the new faces in a room that has completely been retooled from a year ago. Completely. Michael Mayer in the mix, Austin Hooper in the mix, O.J. Howard in the mix, uh, certainly, uh, you know, Cole Father, you know, a few guys coming back from a year ago. But by and large, a new group, a new group filled with expectation and, and intrigue, really. Like, I'm excited to see what this group does in 2023, just like the rest of you guys. So, uh, again, O.J. Howard, very generous with his time. It was awesome to catch up with him. It was awesome to meet him in person. Because of the kind of funkiness of the offseason schedule, this is actually the first time we've sat down face-to-face. So, a big shout-out to O.J. for coming through. And I hope you enjoy our conversation with one of the tight ends for your Las Vegas Raiders, O.J. Howard. Man, and we're in the midst of training camp, but it feels good to get the energy rocking. We got OJ Howard hanging us with hanging out with us, I just say, here in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Studio. And uh, let's start here, man. Let's go all the way back because we haven't had a chance to meet a lot of the new guys that have come through yet, yourself included. Why, why Las Vegas? Obviously, you're, you're a guy who's in the position in your career. You can kind of choose where you want to be, what makes most sense for you and the family. Why here? Why in silver and black? Um, I, I knew the culture, um, but Coach McDaniel's um, his history. Um, kind of just, you know, hearing him coming through the draft process, being a part of uh, getting to meet him. Um, but I didn't get a chance to go play for him. But, you know, sometimes those relationships they build over the years and you kind of just remember guys and you remember offenses and you're like, that's something that can really fit me. Um, so when it came seven years later, um, I got the call and got a chance to talk to him and, you know, I was like, for sure, this is a good fit for me. Isn't it wild to think, because we hear that from coaches, GMs, and say, hey, like those visits, those combine interactions, like they mean something. Because like to your point, he goes, you never know five years down the road, six years down the road, seven years in your case, you have a right. chance to, to kind of reunite with coach. Like that's got to be pretty cool to think back. Like, man, when I was a young kid coming out of school, I had this meeting and now here we are actually playing together. Right, right. Exactly. Like, you know, uh, you always hear the saying, like, never burn any bridges. Mm-hmm. You know, be careful how you treat people. The first interaction is a, a great impression, you know. 
so uh, all those things really, really matter. And um, like I said, Coach McDaniels, he remembered me. I remember him briefly and uh, the offense that he always ran. And I thought, like, this could be a great fit for me. You know, I was looking back through the uh, the stats earlier, and I was like, man, have you never had, like, a cool weather training camp, right? You go to right. Tampa, it's hot. Houston, it's hot. Vegas, it's super hot. Yeah. I mean, what is it about O.J. Howard and the Heat? Because you're kind of a southern hot weather kind of guy, right? Yeah, man. So, uh, like I, I was telling someone the other day, uh, grew up in Alabama, high school football, college at Alabama, then got drafted to Tampa. You know, all those are very uh, humid places, hot. And then I come here, it's still hot, but it's dry heat. So, it's like a little different, but it's still the heat. So, um, I'm one of those guys, I just got to get in the heat, man. I guess my body's so used to it. And, uh, you know, those places look me and I love them. If you didn't go to Bama, where were you going to go? Um, I probably would have went to uh, Florida, maybe. Yeah. I, I would say Florida. So you, you're a Southeast guy, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would have been Florida. Um, I, I thought about Auburn, but I was like, nah, you know, but Florida Florida probably would have been my second choice for sure. Where, what's a harder kind of practice environment here when it's hot, 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 but dry heat or Tampa or Florida, right, where it's a, it's still hot, a little cooler, but you get all that humidity to, uh, to worry about? Yeah, I would I would say uh, I haven't really got a chance to to feel the 110, 15 mm-hmm. yet out here. But the the humidity is is a different animal because you know you're drenched in sweat, your gloves. Now you're thinking about it. It's just so much mental game that goes on in that humidity, and your your cleats are soaking wet, so you're slipping all over the place. Um, but out here, you know, it's draining you at the same time without even you noticing it. So you just gotta hydrate. But that I would go with the humidity for sure for all those different factors. Yeah, that's what everyone here says, man. It's like, hey, it's hot, but we'll yeah. take that dry heat over sweating as soon as you get out of the uh, get out of the car every day. But you know, OJ, you look at this room this year, and, and obviously new new to the silver and black. But you look at this room, so many new faces, right? You, mm-hmm. Austin Hooper's here, uh, Michael Mayer, the rookies here. Like, what is the kind of challenge for when you guys come in as a collective and you're all? I don't want to say figuring it out, but it's a completely different dynamic here than it was in 2022. Right. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I think we have a lot of great guys in the room that, like, understands football, um, love to come to work, love to compete, and we just push each other. And um, like you said, everyone's kind of new to this whole system, so we're all in it together learning. And uh, that's the thing about it. We all can, like, help each other remember something or, hey, man, let's probably, like, remember this on this route. Um, whatever the case may be, we all do a great job of kind of like just piggybacking off each other. Um, if one guy makes a mistake, we try to learn from his because we're all learning it together. So we're all going to make mistakes. Um, and I think you don't really see a lot of guys in our room make the same mistake over because we do a great job of uh, taking coaching. You know, I'll ask you to put the way back when hat on, but do you remember what the hardest part of being a rookie tight end in the NFL? I mean, we hear so much about the yeah. adjustment of being any player, playing any position in the NFL, but for tight ends in particular, what's the hardest part about being a young fellow in, in, in this league? I would just say the different the different dynamics you get with the different uh, body types of the guys you have to face. Like, you're going to go against a 300-pound uh, guy in the defensive line. you got to go try to win a, a route against a, a, a really athletic safety, and then you may have to bang against a linebacker in the run game and in the past game also so you just get so many different body types and then during the game you just try to figure out like how to maneuver with all these different types and these guys are fast in college you know uh, guys are athletic but they're not the NFL yet you know you may find a guy that's kind of not as athletic as you so you can get away with certain things here is every rep every uh, every play you have to really hone in on your on your details Who's the guy that you went up against in either a practice or a game where you talk about guys who are just freak athletes, different kind of dudes that you were like, all right, this guy is this guy's something a little different. Yeah, I, I would say for me it was uh, uh, Khalil Mack when he was with the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, that's the first time I had to block a DN of his caliber. Um, I faced Miles Garrett in, in college, but like I said, we were in college. Uh, we were a different, different size. He was always strong, but 
the NFL, it was Khalil Mack, and I was like, yeah, bro, he's a different animal. Like, you know, trying to block him, you got to really, really have great details and, and great hat placement for sure. You know, we talk about having to stop defensive ends, stop linebackers, do all these different things, but we also ask you guys to contribute in the pass game too. Tight ends do everything, right? right. The guy that's going to be throwing you the football this year, Jimmy G, we, you know, we're only a few days kind of into his on-field portion of him being a Raider, but just kind of early impressions of Jimmy as a guy who throws the ball, but also as, as a dude who can mix it up with you guys. Yeah, always been a fan of him. Um, just watch him around the NFL, great passer, um, got loves tight ends. Yeah. Um, he throws a a great ball, you know, from the few balls I've caught from him. He throws a great ball, has, you know, great, great, uh, like, placement on it. Um, but like you said, man, he's a great athlete, but a better guy, you know, and then, you know, just a locker room guy, real down to earth, chill, um, can really relate to anything, um, you know, movies, whatever you want to talk about. Jimmy's a cool guy, man, and it's cool to have a guy just down to earth like that. You know, how important is it to have the quarterback just be one of the dudes, right? I mean, obviously, he's the guy, you know, we talk about all the time that they're going to get all the praise when things go well, they're going to get all the blame when things don't go well. Like, how important is it to have a guy who's in that position, even keel, can kind of talk to anyone? I think, man, it's huge because, like you said, when it comes to the those days where, you know, people are going to try to, you know, make a story over something and, and try to put a lot on the quarterback, you can always revert to us like, bro, we're the boys. Like, mm. you can come to us and talk about anything. We're not really with all that trying to put the pressure on you, bro. We're just one of the guys. Like, we're going to treat you the same from day one, whether it's great or if it's bad, because we're all in it together. So I feel like once the quarterback can get on that page with you, and he's already like that, it, it's, it's cool, man. Like, it's, it's just, we're the, we're the guys, man, and let's keep it that way. Yeah, and, and I realize you haven't had too much time here in Las Vegas, and the time that you have been here, you're working, you're grinding and you're trying to figure life out and trying to figure out this offensive system but just yeah. early impressions of being here in the desert man yeah. what do you got you like it yeah I like it man it's uh you know it's way different uh being on this side of like in Henderson I never knew this was like part of Vegas um I like it man because you're real remote chill your own little area you can like go to the grocery store great food over here and you don't have to go down to the to the strip where all the traffic is so I love this part about it man um just again adjusted to the heat and always putting lotion on but that's right hey, that's that, the one that I learned man I, I kid you not like the first year 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 and a half I was here I would do I dried out like crazy right, I was right. con the constant face lotion always having chapstick on you right. like that's the fact that you learned that early man that's yeah. a good sign for you here yeah so that was the biggest thing I was like keep my chapstick and, and keep some lotion because those hands are gonna start cracking in the skin so yeah 100 percent. and it's the furthest west you've ever been too, right in terms of like a permanent kind of kind of position right for sure man um the only thing I ever been I was in Arizona training for the pre-combine oh okay. that was like two months but other than that that don't really count so yeah this is farthest west I've ever been in my life yeah we're excited to have you here. We're excited that you've decided to go uh, this far west. And I gotta get before I get you out of here. I gotta ask you this one, man. Yep. Give me a good Nick Saban story. Give me one. I know you got one. Yeah. In the, I know you got one hanging out. Right, right. Um, so yeah, man. I was I was a uh, freshman. Uh, yeah, it was, it was my freshman year, and we just had played Auburn. And uh, no, I'm sorry, it was my sophomore year because my freshman year was the kick six, but that's a different story. So it was my sophomore year, we played Auburn, and. Uh, you know, we, we lost, I think, we won, I'm sorry, but I had, like, a holding call. And it was, like, got got, the, got a great run call back. It went around my side, outside zone play. I held the defense in. I did it. I, I held. But it was one of those ones where, like, you know, I, I barely held. They shouldn't have caught it, but it was a holding. You know what I mean? And uh, so we get back to practice the next week. I held again in practice. So he stops the whole practice. like, whoa, 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 time out, time out. He's like, OJ. I'm tired of you holding, man. Like, this is the second time I've seen you hold. You got us on a penalty last week, a big week. Like, what are we doing? Is, is, is this what we're going to continue to do? Are we going to just continue to get bad habits? Like, I mean, he just stopped the whole practice and, like, just honed. I'm, a, I'm like a sophomore, man. I'm like, man, like, this is crazy, bro. Like, coach, I'm competing hard, man, like, you know, in my head. But, you know, that's one thing about coach. Like, he's going to treat everybody fair. He's going to chew everybody out if it's caused and, like, if he need to to make a point. 
and you got to respect it. And I feel like, and it's why he's the guilt, man. But I feel like yeah. at that point, like if you're if you just laying into, you're like, I'm, I got to own it. Like you said, yeah. I, I held, right. I got to own it. I just got to take this, and I'll be better the next rep. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh man, he's got. Good stories. Yes, good Nick Safe. I feel like everyone's got one, but I love hearing them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dude, it was so much fun to have you up here. It's great to finally meet you in person, man. Sure. Continued success. Uh, if there's ever anything you need from us, you know where we live. You know where our studio is. Uh, good luck. Excuse me. Good luck the rest of the camp. We'll talk to you soon. All right, brother? Thank you, my man. Appreciate you. And a big shout out to OJ Howard for coming to hang out. And, uh, and a big thank you to our public relations department for facilitating that chat. This is an incredibly incredibly busy time of year for them and uh, and we thank them for everything that they do in helping us uh, to kind of tell these stories and give you guys the access that I know you absolutely love. But before we crack some cold ones, we look ahead to the schedule. Just a friendly reminder, my friends, that football is back and you can celebrate by watching all 32 teams, including your Raiders, as they take the field for training camp back together weekend. NFL Network and NFL Plus have you covered with coverage on July 29th. That's tomorrow and July 30th. Additional coverage on ABC and ESPN. Go on over to NFL.com slash Back Together Football Weekend for ways to watch, as well as Raiders.com, my personal favorite, for extensive coverage all year long. Very, very cool deal. Make sure, as, a, as a, we said right there, you head on over to Raiders.com for the next couple of days because it is going to be live and popping, and we're going to have a lot of really, really fun, engaging things headed your way. Well, what do we have coming up? Well, we are in the midst of, we're in the belly of the beast right now, which is awesome. So the Raiders have practice as you record this on a Friday. This will hit your pod feeds on a Friday afternoon. The Raiders will be back on the practice field Saturday, and then their first off day of camp will be Sunday, and then we come back and we do it all again beginning Monday. So that is what is on the uh, on the docket coming up. We must crack a nice cold bruchacho on the way out. But before we do that, just a shameless plug uh, and a reminder that Jesse Merrick and I are kicking it on the Raiders Training Camp podcast. We are getting a little more into the nitty-gritty of what we are seeing on the field every day. We will be back. Episode 1 dropped after the first day of practice, if memory serves. And Jesse and I will be back again early next week after the off day. So make sure wherever you get your pods that you subscribe, like, all that good stuff. If you subscribe to this pod feed then the Raiders Training Camp podcast will be delivered to you without you even asking. So you got no excuse not to listen. No excuse at all. Uh, but all the same, man, it's, uh, it's really fun to be back with Jesse for year three. And uh, yeah, please make sure you like, subscribe, listen, all that good stuff. And if you're so inclined, check us out on the YouTube as well. So uh, a lot of fun, a lot of engaging things headed your way over the next couple of weeks. But it is about that time to crack an ice-cold bruchacho. And today... I am cracking a cold one for the fans. All of you guys that have made it out to training camp over the first three days of, uh, of training camp 2023, it is hot out there. It is very hot, but I applaud each and every single one of you for doing your thing and, uh, and making sure that you're wearing your best silver and black attire and cheering on the boys as they go through, uh, go through this first portion. So big shout out to you guys. Uh, I say it all the time. We don't get to do what we want uh, unless you guys support us. So a big shout-out to everyone who listens to the shows, who who heads on over to Raiders.com, who reads the articles, watches the videos, all that good stuff. And it, most importantly, the people who came out to practice these first couple of days, we salute you. So on that note, we will see you guys next week, same time, same place. So for Eddie Pascal, my man Ray behind the, uh, the glass, our guest this week, O.J. Howard, and everyone else at Silver and Black Projections, Thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us, and we will catch you guys same time, same place next week for our next episode of Upon Further Review. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. 